0: What's up, Everlast? Hey, what's going on? Yes. Amen, amen. Hey, can we give God glory for, for our brother Jay leading us in worship? Amen. We love you, man. Gosh, I love that last song. Such an amazing song. Um, are y'all doing it? Oh, we're back. We're back. I love it. Hey, how many of y'all came to our Christmas party? Oh, Don't I laughed so hard. I was just, it was such an amazing night, all the different team names, and it was so creative. Gosh, I just, I just—I I want to press rewind and relive it. So you, so you just got to know, 2021, Chris's party, you do not want to miss. So anyways, y'all doing all right? We're good tonight? Yeah? All right. So hey, if you're new to Everlast, my name is Kevin. You can just call me Kev. Say, hey, Kev. There we go. All right, nice to meet you. Everybody say your name out loud. Ready? One, two, three. Nice to meet you. Um, I'm, the young, I'm the young adult pastor here, and uh, let me just say, uh, if you're new here, check it out. We are seriously so glad that you're here. We're so glad that you're here. Um, and after we wrap up tonight, uh, let me just tell you that just please be sure to go out to our Life Center and, uh, and, and our foyer and sign in. Uh, I promise we won't spam you or anything like that. It's just a way for you to get connected with all that's happening here at our everlasting young adult, young adult ministry. and Plus, when you sign in, your name gets entered for a raffle, for a prize, or a gift. That's pretty cool, right? So all that to say, thank you so much for coming. Um, yeah, so check it out, y'all. Tonight, we begin our new series. Oh, yes. It is called Well Done, and over the, uh, over the next three weeks, uh, it is our goal... Um, in this new series to supply you with the right tools to not only start out this new year right, but to walk out your faith with joy uh, and with obedience throughout um, your entire lives. Um, and so, y'all ready? Let's get it. Let's get it. Everlast, it's one of my main, t- one of my main tasks as, uh, as a young adult pastor is to communicate, right? Uh, to communicate God's word to you. Uh, And we're going to make sure that we, uh, you know, we're going to do that tonight. Um, So we're we're, going to pray in just a moment because uh, we want to make sure that the communication is effective. Um, You see, it's the job of the encoder, um, the sender of the message, to reach the decoder, you guys, the receiver of the message, without um, the loss of the message between the two. And so we want God to make sure that his message gets through to all of us because uh, we don't want any, any confusion about anything I say because confusion with the message can create chaos. You know, just, uh, just, like, uh, just like the guy who lived in Chicago, the guy who lived in Chicago, you know, it was, it was freezing in Chicago, cold, just so cold. It was in the dead of winter and y'all, he, he couldn't take the cold weather anymore. Couldn't take it. So he called a plane. He got, got a ticket, and he flew to Florida where it's nice, warm, hot, sunny. His wife was away on a business trip. So, he, so what he did, he wanted to email her and tell her not to fly back to Chicago where the weather's, you know, the weather's too bad, you know, just to fly and meet him in Florida. So he wanted to email her. Unfortunately, he forgot her email address. Oh no! Is right, and instead, um, he, he uh, instead of go, this email going to his wife, it went to this this little old lady in Iowa. Now, this old lady was she was a pastor's wife, and uh, and her husband actually died. You know, uh, the day before she got the email, so obviously she was very sorrowful, and you know, you know. So anyway, she turns on her email and she sees the mistaken email that's been sent to her. She screams, and then she faints. You know, her loved ones, they rush in, they rush in, and, and they heard the thump, and they saw her lay down on the floor, fainted. And, uh, you know, they were wondering, like, why, why in the world, what in the world, hap- what in the world happened to their mom? But, but then they, they, they read the mistaken email that was sent to her, and they were like, they, they understood why she fainted. The first line read, My dearest darling, just want you to know that I've arrived safely. The second line said, looking forward to you joining me tomorrow. (laughs) Signed, your loving husband, P.S., show is hot down here. (laughs) So you see, you see, you see, it's so very important that we communicate effectively. Amen. Amen. So please grab your Bibles, and uh, let's turn to Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. Let me encourage you to bring your Bibles each week. It's super important that we don't just rely on the screen or on someone else, but take account for yourself. So Everlast, please hear me. If you don't have a Bible also, by the way, come come find me or Tina, uh, my lovely wife, or our Everlast team. We will be glad to get you a Bible, and you can keep that. It'll be your gift. You can find us. Um, so, here we go. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 27. Let's read. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And then the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Verse 26 And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Last verse, 27. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we love you so much, and yes, I tell uh, really petty joke but lord we we want we want we want to listen we want communication to happen effectively tonight god we want to listen well god we want to hear from you god you're so true you're so true and real god you're so worthy of our praise lord thank you so much for loving us unconditionally god thank you for being for us father i pray that as we continue in our worship and we And we go through your word that you would do just that you would speak to us. God, help us to surrender all of our thoughts and all of our affections onto you. And now, everlast, I just encourage you uh, to pray for your own heart and and ask God to speak to you. Now, I, I just ask you to pray for those on your left and right. Pray for them. Say, God, would you speak to them? And now I would kindly ask that you would please pray for me, that God would uh, use me to make things clear and and, and helpful tonight. Father, we love you. Please speak to us now in Jesus' name. I pray and ask these things. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, Tina and I, we have officially have lived here, literally this past weekend, made us. We've uh, been in the Springs for three years. And, uh, man, we've loved every minute of it. Um, before moving here, yeah. Before moving here, uh, we lived in the great state of Texas. That's right. Our home in Texas, actually, our home in Texas, y'all, was the, uh, was the first home we ever had purchased uh, together. Now, I'm not sure how many of you have been through the process of, of purchasing um, a home. But one of the very first things you're required, you know, to do is to get the house inspected, um, the role of the home inspector um, is to go through the house in its entirety and uh, making sure everything is, is up to code. Along with this step, um, the current home owners that you're purchasing the house from, um, they're required to supply you with all and any information about, you know, primaries, uh, primary repairs that's happened to the home, you know, that, you know, that's been made. Example, you know, new additions to the home like an added bathroom or roof replacements, or you know, et cetera. One of the main things, though, one of the main things uh, that, that they're called to report is if there were problems are foundational issues. And welcome to find out our first home in purchasing it, uh, uh, that, that they, it had foundational issues. Um, what do they do to fix these problems? They install what they call peers. So these peers, you know, they're, they're made to fix the sinking foundation. They're placed underneath the foundation. They're lifted in the place of hydraulics to fix the foundation. It's cool. So our house, actually, that's what happened at our house. Now, so check this out. If we moved into our home not knowing that it had foundational ish, uh, problems, uh, and furthermore, those problems weren't ever fixed, that would be a bad thing, right? Yes. And so it would be. It would be very bad. Um, so let's imagine my wife Tina and I, we, we purchased our home. Uh, with reports that the house had no foundational problems, all right, when in fact it did. So well over time, we would we would begin to see a crack going up our bedroom wall and, you know, all the way up to the ceiling. And then I would, you know, I would try to, you know, pa- repatch and paint the wall. And after finishing the project, I would wipe my hands off and move on. And then only to about a month later, you know, I would hear Tina in the distance and say, Ke- Kev, Kev. Um, Come here, look at this, which I know in that tone is like something is, something's messed up, something's wrong. And so, you know, uh, I would go back and see the crack appearing in all of its glory, you know. And so at that moment, I wouldn't try to repatch it and paint it again, you know. And I definitely wouldn't call some professional painter out to try to repaint the, uh, to repair the crack because that professional painter would tell me something that I already know. You see, cracks on your wall are merely symptoms to a much deeper problem, your foundation. If you don't stabilize your foundation, you will forever be doing patchwork on the cracks in your wall. Did this actually happen to Tina and I? No, but there's a reason why I tell you this, Everlast. Today, y'all, in every direction, gosh, man, in every direction that you look and in every place where you live, there are cracks on the wall. You're seeing cracks in our culture, cracks in our relationships, cracks in our families, and your families, uh, cracks in our lives. And a lot of time and energy and investment is spent on patching the cracks. You know, if I I wasn't in ministry, I'd be a secular psychologist, and I would charge people 300 bucks an hour just to tell them why they should come back the next week. You know, like, uh, lives right now, y'all, for real, man, lives are shattering, Families are displaced. We, there, there, there's, um, there's division racially. There's division culturally, politically. So the cracks on the wall, y'all, can't just be patched or painted. The world and all of its seminars and its programs and support systems and all of that, they don't do anything. The cracks will just keep on keeping on and they will keep coming back. The question is, how do you know? So here's the question How do you know that your house has a good foundation? To answer this question, Jesus tells the story of two men. This story comes at the end, actually, at the end of the greatest sermon. It was the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon uh, ever preached by the greatest preacher who ever proclaimed Jesus Christ himself. He concludes his sermon on the mount with a story. That's what we read. You see this story. So y'all check it out. Jesus understood that theology had to reach footology, meaning like what we know in our heads has to be made manifest in our lives, in our hearts. James 1 verse 22, it says this. It says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Jesus understood that the truth of God must reach the lives of people. So when he taught, y'all, he would season, you know, uh, his theology with the salt and pepper of parables, stories, and illustrations to bring the point home. Does that make sense? This This is precisely what he's doing at the end of Matthew chapter 7. It's exactly what he's doing. These two men that Jesus mentions have two big things in common and one bigger thing not in common. Let's start with the first big thing that these two dudes have in common. The first big thing that they have in common is that they are both builders, right? Both men wanted to build a house. Now, building a house in Scripture, Everlast, um, it, uh, it can refer to a number of things. The Greek word for house in, the passage, in this passage is translated as oikia. Um, which occurs actually 94 times in the New Testament. It means a dwelling place, habitation of the body as a dwelling place for the spirit. All right? Ironically, as I was studying this, I was like, Oikia really sounds like Ikea. And I was like, maybe this also shows that not only does God know what's best in our life, but he has great taste in home decor. You know, just saying uh, this, this passage is referring to building a life when it says building a house, right? He's talking about two men who wanted to build their lives. Y'all, nobody wants a failed life. Nobody wants a life full of defeat. Nobody wants to live a life of destruction. Most people don't plan to destroy their lives, right? The truth of the matter is, listen, is that if your, if your foundation is off, your life will be off. If your foundation is off, your life will be off. So we see two dudes that want to build a house. Uh, by the way, Jesus, you know, didn't call them builders, though. If you notice, uh, he calls one wise, he calls one foolish. So let's go back to our text, Matthew 7, 24. It's going to do 24, 25 in this moment. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Verse 25, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. The man who Jesus calls wise is building the house right. His foundation is in Christ and not on the feeble sand that the world has to offer. But did you notice something? Check this out. Check this out. This is so sweet when I was studying this. like, just hit me like a ton of bricks. The wise man still has to go through storms. Everlast, as much as we would like to go through our life, um, as much as we would like to not go through storms in our lives, that isn't the case. That's just not the case. As a matter of fact, <laughs> Jesus told us not uh, to suspect Storms, but rather expect them. John 16, It's on the screen. Check it out. Jesus says this. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Can I get an amen on that? See, check this out. You would never know if a house had a firm foundation if it didn't Go through things that would test its foundation. It's the same with us. Everlasting, it's the same with us. How do we know our foundation is founded on the rock? That is Christ. Well, one way is that it has to get tested. Scripture says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 through 7. I think this is on the screen as well. Check it out. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. That the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, I heard it once said uh, this way, the enemy tempts us to bring out the worst, but God tests us to bring out the best. And I totally agree. How do we handle those tests or respond to those tests is going to show exactly what our foundation is built on let me say that again how we handle these tests how we handle these storms or respond to those tests is going to show exactly what our foundation is built on Jesus or something else so just to give you a personal example that I've um, experienced, and me and my wife, miscarriage. Y'all, this was a storm that I, me and my wife, never thought would hit us. Didn't at all think it would hit us. It was, and still, y'all, it was, and still, at times, so hard, so hard. Y- y'all, I-, I remember like it was yesterday. In the emergency room, feeling the rain and, excuse me, the rain and the waves and um, the wind of the storm so heavily. Um, here's something else also, too. In the struggle, in the struggle of the hurt, I remember feeling the temptation to run back to old sin tendencies and to try to fill this void and pain. You know, of losing what was going to be our child. Here's the thing, y'all. When a storm hits, you literally have two options. You can faith or you can doubt. You can run away from God or you can run to God. Let me tell you this. The only thing that got my wife and I through that awfully hard time was Jesus. He helped us throughout each step. You know, the grace of God through his word, the grace of God through his spirit, the grace of God through his bride, that is the church, Tina and I were able to weather the storm of miscarriage. Y'all, storms come in many, many different forms, many different sizes. We could go around the horn tonight and everybody could share storms that have hit us like a ton of bricks. But check it out, y'all. End of the day, if you've placed your faith in Jesus, you won't escape the storms, but you will weather them. If you place your faith in Jesus, you won't escape the storms, but you will weather them. Why? Because Everlast, I need y'all to listen very closely to this. Jesus is over everything, Jesus is in complete control. Jesus loves you. Jesus is for you. And Jesus won't leave you. What a mighty God we serve. There's no one like our God. Now there is a second man that Jesus tells us about, right? A second man. He is the man who Jesus calls foolish. Well, why? Because he's building his house incorrectly. Let's go back to our text, Matthew 7, 26 through 27. It's the latter half of this passage, or this story, rather. Um, And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. This man's foundation was not in Christ. It was weak and could not withstand the storms. You know, it reminds me of another parable, actually, which is found in Matthew 13. You can jot that down. I'm actually going to encourage you to read it. Um, Matthew 13. And it it reminds me, it's the parable of the sower. I'm just going to summarize it for you. But basically, Jesus shares this parable that a farmer went out and sowed his seed. And the farmer starts scattering the seed. Some of the seed fell along um, the path, and birds ate it before it could, t- before it could you know, take root. Uh, some seeds fell along rocky places where the sun scorched it, and it couldn't take root. Then some seed fell a- among thorns, uh, which it grew. Uh, when it grew, it actually those, those, it got choked out. It got choked out by the plants. Then it says... Some seed fell on good soil where it took root and produced a crop 30, 60, and 100 fold what was sown. He gives this illustration and he explains that the seed is the word of God. Jesus actually ends up explaining this parable and how each seed that falls has a different meaning, right? So, and listen to what he says about uh, the seed that, that fell on rocky places. I'll just, I'll share it with you. He refers it. To someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but since it didn't have root, they, it only lasted a short time. So, so check it out. When trouble or persecution comes because of the world, you know, that this, it, they, they quickly fall away. Just like that illustration of a man who builds his house on the sand, y'all, this house can't stand because God's word never took root. God's word wasn't the foundation. You know, I mentioned these these the first big thing uh, that they have in common and here's the second big thing we're going to kind of we're moving on the second big thing that these dudes have in common is that they both have ears <laughs> it's simple right but, but really yeah they both had ears uh, this is meaning so what, what i'm saying is they both are hearing the words of christ both of these dudes are hearing are hearing the words in both parables the word was being taught and heard, but only one listened. Everlast, there's a big difference between hearing and listening. Are you a good listener? The person in the story who isn't listening, Jesus actually calls foolish. Did you notice something though? I noticed this. Did you notice that Jesus ended this story? With talking about the foolish man, he ended it. Why did Jesus end with talking about the foolish man? I was asking myself, like, why did he end this by talking about the foolish man? You know, I believe there's a reason for this. Just like reading a novel or, or watching a movie, oneself is way more inclined to remember the way it ends. It's a, meaning, uh, it's, it's, it's a means of emphasizing. Um, uh, Jesus is emphasizing to not be like this foolish man. Like I mentioned before, Jesus uh, just preached the best sermon ever to be preached, the Sermon on the Mount. It gave tons of insight on how to live a life for God. Y'all, this doesn't exclude us, this applies to us as well. It is his goal that we don't just hear the words he is teaching, but we actually everlast, we actually live them out. Um, I I read a couple pretty cool, cool quotes. On listening, Winston Churchill, he said this. He said, Courage is what it takes to stand up and speak. Courage is also what it takes to sit down and listen. Harper Lee, uh, the author of To Kill Mockingbird, wrote this. She wrote, uh, People generally see what they look for and hear what they listen for. Kind of makes you think for a sec, right? People generally see what they look for and hear what they listen for. So, to to, so to, let me just, I want to reiterate the question I asked before earlier tonight. How do you know if your house is built on the rock? How do you know you have a good foundation? I'm just going to give you three quick ways, three ways to know that your house is built on the rock. Real easy. Don't let it just gloss over. Listen to this. Check it out. One, no Jesus. Know Jesus. Know Jesus. You have to have a personal relationship with him, y'all. It's not religion. It's a relationship. There's a difference between head and heart knowledge. You know, um, we've mentioned it here before at Everlast, and I will, I, we will continue to mention it many, many times, many times. There is a massive difference between knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus. One, first way to know that your house has been on the rock, know Jesus. Second, listen to Jesus. Listen to him. You aren't just a hearer of God's word, but a doer of God's word. To reiterate what we mentioned before, James 1, uh, 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Listen to Jesus. Y'all, I can't tell you how many times I've sat in prayer and I've I've spent time with the Lord and I kind of go through the same typical thing. I give God my grocery list of things I want him to do for me. And, And my association and my relationship with Jesus has been jaded many times because of my lack of listening it's so crazy we're you know just to sit for five minutes with the lord is stretching for us you know um we 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 have such a—I uh, mentioned it mentioned earlier with the everlast team but man it's crazy how easily we're not impressed in our culture today you know we want the next quick fix the next quick thing you know i even mentioned to the everlast team earlier it's like you know Our parents, you know, the the movies they watched when they were younger, you know, the special effects were awful to us now. But to them, they're like, this is nuts. You know, they're freaking out. And to us, we've got CGI and all these crazy things. And we're like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's just interesting. Like, we're so easily not impressed. And it's just crazy. That can just be, be careful. Like, when we sit and spend time with the Lord and listen to him, um, it's so easy to, to, uh, to just be quick. I don't know. It, I, that's just something I know that I've struggled with at times, too. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, I got to keep my schedule. I worship at the feet of my to-do list and this, that, and the other. And I associate my faith with feelings. And if I'm not really feeling anything, well, then I'm peacing out. No, 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 no. Worship isn't about getting. It's about giving. Worthship to the Lord. And listen, Jesus knows what's best. He is for you. He loves you. I mentioned that earlier. And so, it's so important that we listen. Lastly, here are three ways to know that your house is built on the rock. Know Jesus. Listen to Jesus. Third, live like Jesus. You know, everlasting, when there's clear evidence of fruit being produced in your life, you know that you're living like Jesus and your house is built on him. You know, so like, if my wife is you know, uh, maybe I'm getting frustrated or irritated and I want to, I want to lash back with like a passive aggressive comment, but I choose to be patient. That's a fruit of the spirit. That's a fruit of, that's a sign of knowing that, man, I'm rooted in Christ and I want to, I want to live like him. Um, you know, when I choose, you know, if, if you struggle with pornography and lust and sexual immorality and you choose to, Turn off your dadgum phone and get away from it and say, you know, I'm not going to look at that. I'm done. God, you are bigger and you are better than anything that sin has to offer. That is evidence that you are founded in Christ. You're living like him. know, I I could give so many examples of this. Does this make sense? Right? So know Jesus. Listen to Jesus. Live like Jesus. And like Tina mentioned, our, our, at the beginning of tonight, you know, our, mission statement for our young adult ministries to encounter Jesus uh grow in Jesus and make Jesus known so I'm just going to give y'all a quick you know I'm not going to call it homework because every time I hear homework I want to throw up but you know I'm going to give you I'm going to challenge y'all I'm going to encourage y'all um, with, with something this week um not just challenge I, yeah I, I, let me rephrase I want to rather encourage you um I want you to can you can you do this? Can you go back and read the Sermon on the Mount this week? It's Matt. Check it out. So it's Matthew. Um, I'm going to put it on the screen. I think it's going to be there. If not, it's not a big deal. Matthew chapter five, chapter six, chapter seven. Just three chapters. This is perfect. Sometimes some of you are like, "Man, I don't I don't know what to read this week." In my, there you go, free. There it is. I just want to encourage you to read that and just really listen to the Lord. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, he he gives so much insight on how to live a life for God. I just want to encourage you to read Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. So everlasting, if your foundation is off, your life will be off. May we be wise and not foolish. Amen? Build your house on the rock. Knowing Jesus, listening to Jesus, and living like Jesus is everything, y'all. It's everything. It is the only thing that will help you weather the storms of life. It's the only thing. Let's build a house that is well done being rooted and founded in Christ. Let's pray.